I mean, it doesn't matter that a way of life is in danger. Do we have to stand against tyranny, against tyrants? Resistance to tyrants. Scott, is obedience. If we delay that conversation, it means we have more time. It's just just a little bitty blurb. It's called gaslighting. About the fireworks at the debate last night. I feel like I'm being manipulated. You are. Wait, we didn't tell about the uh, what happened on the phone call either. Squirrel. What phone call? Oh, see, the phone call. Forgotten. The men. The difference between men and women in phone calls. And are you okay? Oh yeah. Okay. So we did a test. So three things. Let's do that first because it's hilarious. We should have done it on air since nothing bad happened. But I put Jared. I called Jared. Mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder what he'll do because I never call him during the day. And I thought. And I said, women call when they need something or sort of, you know, something's broken, someone's not working, you've got to fix something, whatever. And you said, why don't you just call because you just want to check in and talk? And so mm-hmm. I was like, all right, let's call Jared, see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then as it's ringing, I'm like, oh, shoot. He's in, in a meeting. He's in a meeting in Georgia. <laughs> so he answers and he goes, is everything okay? I'm in a meeting. And I'm like, yeah, I was just calling to talk. And he was like, Silence. <laughs> it was. Do you need something? Do you need something? No, I was broken? just checking in. And then we all started laughing. And then I said, well, Scott thought you would just want me to call and just, just see how you're feeling, how your walk with the Lord is. I'm going to kill you, Scott. <laughs> and then Jared hung up. Yeah. But but I, but know that he wanted to know. Do you need something? Yes, yeah, that's exactly. Is it. something wrong? Yeah, something must be happening if my wife's calling me in a meeting. No, I just wanted to talk. That's his worst nightmare. But then part of me thought he would love it and be like, "That's really sweet." Yeah, he did not. He um, probably will. He'll drive home thinking really nice things, and he'll he'll walk in the door, and you'll be like. You still ain't taking the garbage out. No, then he tried to weasel his way onto the radio show. <laughs> he did. He so you tried to, to weasel his way. Me? Then he was afraid we were going to put him on. Yeah. yeah. So he said, I got to go back to the meeting. All right. Let's All talk right. about, because this is good. I don't know why I giggled. I don't know why I thought this is funny. Do you have the clip? I don't have the clip. I've got the clip. I have what they said, which is fantastic. So what are we back to? The What we're back to, because we're delaying talking about the most important subject, and yes. that is our breakfast beverage. Actually, our all-day is beverage. Is in peril. But apparently... Set it up, and then I'll play it. Okay. Okay. There were fireworks, according to 1819 News, at the debate between Barry Moore and Jerry Carl. <laughs> and Jerry Carl said, I had a mental shutdown, <laughs> and he blew a gasket. Apparently. And when I read what he said, I was like, oh, yeah, you did. So you have that clip because apparently that was the place to be last night and we missed it. Well, I don't. This is what I giggled on. I'm not sure why I giggled. I guess I'm just in shock that somebody actually said this. So here we go. This is a question. Jeff Poor from 1819. I'm not sure who the other guy was. Who was the other moderator? Somebody from the news the okay. TV station. All right. So mm-hmm. so other guy is asking Jer- Jerry Carl this question. Representative Carl, you'll go first on this next question. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley recently said, "Quote: We have never been a racist country." Do you agree with that statement? Why or why not? Everyone has some racist sentiment of some type. I used to work a lot with ministers, and, and, I, can, and, and I had some very private conversations. Everyone has some type of racist in them. 
my mother, who uh, uh, Pearl Harbor, she couldn't stand the Japanese. She couldn't stand. Them. I mean, you should oh just eat her from the inside out. So it it is there. Listen, I would like to suggest that when the Holy Spirit tries to get you to be quiet at a debate, you should probably be quiet. <laughs> he threw ministers and his mother under the bus. I mean, y'all, like everybody makes mistakes, obviously. Mm-hmm. What do you think he but was really trying to say? I he mean, was it's trying, trying to was to the woke, probably, right. Right. to the... Look, the SBC's, the Southern Baptist Convention, and a lot of churches are like buying into this Bible study crap. And all I thought was, he must go to a Southern Baptist church that is not yours, Mm -hmm. but some of them that are buying into this woke ideology, and he's going right along with it. This this apology based. Yes, this apology based. Everybody is a racist. Mm -hmm. It's the Abraham Kendi. Right. It's the uh, Kimberly Crenshaw, but it's invaded the church. So it's the guilt part. And it's the white guilt. And so when he started talking, that was my immediate That's what you were thinking. Is that response. what you thought? Because that's not what I no, thought. No, what did you think? Well, no, I, I think want you, you to you say and it. I are going No, to I want you to say it. That, that all peoples have some tendency at some time to have issues with with other folks. For, for whatever reason. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, some of my best friends in the legislature happen to be black. And they would tell me, you know, about private conversations they had with other people where they're dogging out white folks. White folks this, white folks that. Can't believe what... And so his point, I thought, might have been, but then he just blew it when he went to pastors and his mom and everybody, is that that people in general have, they can all act real pious and this kind of stuff, but it kind of gets down to that old Jesse Jackson thing where he was telling the story about um, meeting a person in the dark alley or whatever, and then being, this is Jesse Jackson, thankful that the guy he met in the dark alley was a white guy. And you're like, well, why did you have that? Why did you think that? Because the stereotype was in place. Mm-hmm. And I thought that might have been where he was going. Where, where did you, what did yeah, you think? Yeah, that's where I was going. I was going with that we're all fallen sinful people. And, and just by nature, you know, you there are stereotypes. You make certain judgments on people. There are certain prejudices. <laughs> to me, it has nothing to do with skin color. I mean, there are a lot of white people that I don't like at all. I don't want to be around. Um, there, look, if there's a white guy or girl, and they got the nose ring and the eyebrows, and they're all, and they look like a Klingon, mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not because. See, and there are a lot of white guys they, that they I would not want to meet in the alley. Yes, you I know, agree completely. That, so I thought he was trying to make that statement of just, you know, we're, we fight it. You don't give yeah. in to that. You don't you don't live your life thinking that just because you had one bad interaction mm-hmm. with someone from this place that everybody's bad. Um, yeah, if everybody but, has some sort of prejudices, that doesn't make the United States a right. racist country. Yeah, right. And he could have he hit it out of the park if he had ever got back to that. But he never even got back to America, just, whether it was racist or not. He just threw everybody <laughs> under the bus. He saw it out there, and he was, then he was He's trying to figure it out. And he forgot the question, and he just jumped in and wallowed around. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you look at, like, all the people that are trying to teach us, Ibram X. Kendi, you know, they're trying to teach us to be anti-racist. Mm-hmm. They are so racist. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they will say, and they get away with it. They hate white people. Right. So, and it has invaded the church. If you want to read a yes. great article by mm-hmm. Megan Basham that's just out in First Things, she did a deep dive into Russell Moore, 
Okay. I know. And he got right. to hang out in the Southern Baptist Convention he forever. He did. And then think about, um, there were other people, um, not just Russell Moore, but who's the, the other Keller guy? guy? Kelly. Well, he's, he's passed Keller. on to glory. Oh, but it was the same kind of group of people. David Platt. David French. Um, David Platt. And so she did a deep dive into a Bible study that they created about politics. Really? It's backed by the Rockefellers. <laughs> so there has been an invasion into the church. And I honestly thought, oh, dear heavens, this is awful that this has happened. Um, but that his answer, I like your thoughts because I didn't go there. I went with this. I don't think he meant what he said. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, Parker. Bless. I don't think he meant what he said, but he said it. And that was really dumb because that's all anybody's going to pick up on. Right. And now his mom is a racist. <laughs> and his pastor. At or, least or the pastor forgive his mom because yeah. she's going to be older. So uh. they're like, oh, that's okay. But it was not great, and I hope that he can rebound from this. But if, uh, I don't know, what what do you think is going to happen to his campaign from here? Nothing. Nothing? It would be a bump in the road. I mean, the establishment is for him. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. It. I mean, now, if if, if it, the shoe had been on the other foot, it would be... If Moore had said it, the establishment would already have ads out Because he's morning. the MAGA, you know, mm -hmm. far-right racist. Yep. Which conservative? By the way, did y'all hear that? That was um, a joke. By the way, MAGA uh, Biden compared MAGA people to Confederate the Confederates. Were Confederates now? yesterday? Did he? Yeah. Hmm. That's fantastic. <laughs> Sky. Uh, <laughs> none of us want to say anything. Sky says, "Rabbit." What? Like what? are you doing? Anyway. So, just another person who had a really bad day at the microphone. They just don't stop, do they? They never stop. You can't, no. you can't win with these folks. Let's that's, go out to... That's one of the nicest things he's said about me in a long time. <laughs> 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 Let's go. James and Papa B are coming up. James, welcome to the program. Thank you for listening. Oh, man. Here's what comes to my mind. Skillet and the Great Dane. And that's as much as I can say about that, Scott. Skillet okay. and the Great Dane. Right. Amos, and and Amos and Andy reference? Uh, actually, no. It's it's. I, I, I can't go into it. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. That's as much it's as I scared. can divulge. Okay. Okay. There's probably right. more than I should have. I'll figure it out. Am I um, supposed to know that? I'm, I'm, I'm going to be embarrassed. Oh, no, if... you are not supposed to know okay. this. Okay. okay, all right. This is nothing that's in print, okay? Oh, okay. And it, it hadn't been on a podcast okay. yet. Okay. Uh, do you mind if we pivot? Look, this show stays focused at all times, and if you want to just change okay, so the way you're, you do you're, things you're telling here. You're me you don't care ready. if I pivot or not. Is that what <laughs> no, you're I do not. Okay, yes. well, let's go back to yesterday. Can we do okay. that? Okay. Education. Yes, sir. All right. Now, a young child, let's say 25 to 35 at the time, young children, walk into the classroom. Here's your question, and this is for you ladies as well. Did you say they were 25 to 35 walking to the classroom? 25 to 35 walking to the classroom at the same time. Children. Let's call oh, yes. 25 to 35 children. Okay, I yes, got you. Yes, yes. I'm yes. sorry. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, they get sit down in there, or they are sitting down in the classroom. Okay. The teacher's at the head of the class or milling around the class. Whose responsibility is 
Scott, for that child to learn something, to receive an education, to come out of there at the end of the day with an outcome that is stated at the beginning of the class, whose responsibility is it for that child, all 25 to 35 of them, to learn something? I would say the teachers. How many ladies you got in there with you today? One or two? I've got two. Two. Okay, can I hear from them? Sure. I would say the student. Okay. Okay, now see, we've only heard from two people, and guess what we already got, Scott? One person. Two wrong, wrong answers. Already. We got disagreement. Okay. We're trying to fix education with charter schools. And no, I, no, no, no. We want, we want school choice, not charter schools. Okay. We want Our, full parental choice. I'm looking for an answer to a to that simple question. So far, we got two answers. Um, so whose responsibility one. is it that the child learns something mm-hmm. in the class? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you can give so the third one and go parent. And then we got the student. Uh, right. The parent? <laughs> okay, now we got three separate answers. All right. <clears throat> this is my point. And I'm I'm trying mm-hmm. to ratchet down here a little bit because you can, you can hear the excitement and welling up in my voice, right? Okay. See, most people believe that it's the teacher's responsibility solely, only laying at the feet of the teacher. But it's actually everyone's responsibility to line that kid up every day, make sure they get plenty of rest at home, fed properly. Well, I, I, we got to take a break, and, and I'll explain where, where I think we went wrong in education. And, and there's a... a fundamental, structural, central point that we have strayed away from, which I think will fix what, you, what you're talking about, James. Are you going to pick me up on the back side of this? Uh, that's up the sky. He runs this program. Sure, James. <laughs> we'll be back. Welcome back into the program, everybody. Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I am Scott Beeson. Amy Beth Shaver is here. So is Allison Sinclair. Sky running the program and all of our friends helping us across the state of Alabama. Big Dave, Jeeves, Petroff, the whole gang. The um, So, James, I, I'm glad you, you stuck with us. And I just want to give you, you were asking about education and set up the scenario of a child in the classroom. Whose responsibility is it for that child or those children to learn something that day. I said the teacher. Allison said the, the student. student. Amy Beth said the parents. And here's where we kind of have lost it. And I've heard this on the internet. I've heard some of it being applauded by people who were like, you know, basically don't have any homework because it's your job to teach them at school. And if they don't learn anything, it's your fault, et cetera, et cetera. I would say we, we, we miss things to start with, the one focal point that we messed up, and we used to know it, and then we fouled it up, is when we decided that everyone has a right to an education. And that that, that education would be, would happen no matter what, because they have a right to it. And that's where we kind of lost our way when it came to special education. I'm not saying that special education kids shouldn't get educations. I'm just saying we began to lose our way when it became a right and we lost our focus because it really does, for education to work, you want the family to care, but the, but the parents don't have to necessarily care. If, if the child cares, that, that's a plus. If the child doesn't care, as with many boys, 
then the parents have to say, hey, look, I don't care if you like school or not. I expect you to have good grades. You have that one. Then you have the deal with the teachers. Sometimes they don't care. And then they're just trying to check the boxes to get the stuff done, whether the kids learn anything or not. So if we would be able to go back to, hey, look, we'll provide the opportunity for a child to receive an education. That changes the whole mindset, the whole worldview. Oh, there's a, you know, my kid has the opportunity to go to school and learn instead of, oh, no, well, you know, they're just going to go and no matter what, it's your fault. It's, it's just a different worldview. And that's why I support school choice so that families can decide what opportunity they want to utilize. And I think the, the net result is a positive. More children will actually receive better educations. But I understand your point in that part of the problem is we can't decide who is responsible. Um, I think it goes back to, look, we'll provide the education. You have the opportunity to get it. But if your child can't behave, then they're moved to the place where you know, where they don't bother other people who are trying to get the opportunity. Right now, if you don't behave, we keep you there because you have a right to it. You have a right to it. You know, little Johnny's got a right to get it. Now, little Johnny can slide out the side because he's, he's bothering everybody else's opportunity. And when they get their mind straight and their parents get their mind straight, they, they move back in the opportunity lane. I don't know if that made any sense, but at least Abs was nodding. What are your thoughts, James? Scott, you, you, you touched on something uh, about an opportunity versus a right, or a yes, right sir. versus the opportunity, or the, the privilege, right and a, or a privilege. There you go. Yes, sir. Okay. So when I'm working at Brubaker, and this was at the end of the year, 88, 89, okay, mm -hmm. uh, I was covering for a lady who went on maternity leave the last eight weeks of school. So mm -hmm. I had to come in, hit the ground, and learn the kids' names. That's, the, that's one of the first things you do as a teacher, learn who mm -hmm. they are. Well, on my role, there was a kid that was not there in one of my six classes full of seventh graders. Right. And I learned that this kid was, get this now, indefinitely suspended, which in my mind, what does that mean, Scott? It means that this kid won't be coming back because he's what? He's indefinitely suspended, suspended, which used to be expelled. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So all his parent had to do was get him in front of the board at the end of two weeks to get this kid back in school. Okay. okay. So we only had six weeks of school left by the time I see him the, the first time. Okay. Now, do you want to tell me what happened again before school was out? He was indefinitely suspended. Yes. The second time. <laughs> that I knew about. Right. Okay? So, in education, just like everywhere else, we should say what we mean, mean what we say. It, administrators' hands are tied by somebody, whether it's the board or attorneys or whatever the case may be, uh, special interest groups. Mm-hmm. Um, not too many years ago, they had this issue in the NEA, National Education Association Magazine. Uh, I think the title of it is NEA Today. I think that's the way it's published. That's the name of the publication. 
Well, there was an issue in there about you couldn't get an education based on where your zip code is. All right, so at the time, I'm teaching at a Togville High School, and there was a countywide spelling bee, and this countywide spelling bee included private schools in Otago County and public schools on the eighth grade level. Now, you want to tell me who won the spelling bee? If some kid from down here in Otagaville who was in competition with some of those, excuse me for going there, lily white children at the private school. Now, okay. I just happened to know some of those people, not personally, but I knew the name, the name of the folks at the lily white private school. And those people, if there was such a thing as having an advantage and having an edge at, due to that advantage, they would have had it. However, this poor black child who's supposedly uh, downtrodden and disadvantaged managed to win the spelling bee. So what I'm telling you is it's not just the teacher's responsibility. It's not just the kid's responsibility. It's not just the parent's responsibility or the administrator's. It's everybody's responsibility to get on board and see that that kid, there's not some sort of stumbling block put in their way on a daily, weekly, monthly basis for them to learn something. And that attitude to think that it's all on the teacher, and a lot of teachers, mm-hmm. if you would have been in a, excuse me, in a schoolhouse, and if some teacher doesn't have enough A's or B's on their book at mm-hmm. the end of each grading period, well, that poor teacher, they're just too, diff- too, too difficult, too hard, mm-hmm. too much of a taskmaster, mm-hmm. okay? But it's not all on the teacher. No more than it's all on the kid. That's fair enough. Hey, look, though, one thing, James, before I'm out of let you go. I still want the teachers to help me let the public know the challenges they have that the bureaucrats have put on them. Of they course. can't just continue to be silent and make everybody think everything is great. James, I got a roll, buddy. Thank you so much for your input. Papa B, we'll have you next. I just want Welcome to the program, everybody. Alabama Unfiltered Radio. Let's get out to your calls. Don't forget the number here, 1-800-289-9228. 1-800-289-9228. Papa B, welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. Oh, Sky Mosley laying down the best bump of music in radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's got some cowbells in there. There's no doubt about it. Oh, I mean, I could use a little bit of a little funky cold Benita, but uh, hey, it's all right. Me too. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Well, you know, (laughs) and by the way, the cowbells. I love cowbells, though. It's still going on at Mississippi State. I mean, my daughter graduated from there maybe, what, four, five years ago now? Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, more cowbell. It's always big at Mississippi State. So anyway. You got it. Um, the, you know, I want to talk about the border thing, just, but real quick. Uh, Scott, you remember just back before Trump, for instance, everybody in politics, they were so worried about just how they said a certain word and all the tone had to have the right tone. Yes. And, oh, you better say it just right or... You know, mm-hmm. somebody's going to take it. Some It was like they're walking on eggshells, mm-hmm. you know. I, I just hated all of that. I hated it. But, you know, I'm not going to credit Trump for bringing us out of that funk. Because now it's almost like we're back in middle school again. <laughs> and I'm kind of liking it. I mean, think about his nickname. Nikki Bird Brain Haley. <laughs> you know, I'm 
love it. And here's the thing. It's kind of apropos. <laughs> That's what I love about it. I like the idea of not having to worry so much about what you say or how mm-hmm. you say it type thing. And I, I credit Trump for bringing us out of that. On the, um, on the border issue thing, you know, there are people that want to, uh, you know, equate it to, oh, here's the Civil War thing going on and all of that. And I'm sure that they're going to try to play that angle on the federal level of some kind, you know, the Democrats are. But the problem is, you got Chicago hoping <laughs> yeah. that the Supreme Court will be, you know, uh, finding uh, grounds for Texas to do what they're doing. And New York, you know, a great number of Democrats is like, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, <laughs> let Texas do what they want to do. And yeah. Texas is not backing down, thank the Lord. So it's not the same thing. You know, there are a lot of people that, for some reason or other, you'll have to ask them. They don't like the way that the last Civil War was settled. They think that, you know, it should have been different and all this kind of stuff. But, I mean, they want another one, okay? And so, yeah, they're going to use this as an opportunity to try to start it. But I don't think it's going to work. Scott, what do you think? I think people will be surprised, and you may not see it the same way I do, but I do think there are forces on the leftist side of our country who would like to see another one because they see the last Civil War as a the second American Revolution. They saw it, and it is the time they changed the, the governmental structure of our country. They did way, 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 way more than in slavery. That's why... That's why it's always got to be about slavery, so no one will look past that issue to see what they did. And they would love to have another one, a revolution, and they've been doing a slow drip revolution for decades. And if they need to finish off all those people who believe in personal responsibility and the U.S. Constitution and the Founding Fathers and Christendom, if they need to finish them off using violence, they would be more than happy to do so. So I, I hope we don't come to that, but I do think and, and yeah, look, I could, if I did the research I could show you there are people writing and have been writing about finishing off the second revolution, and so Yep, yeah. yeah, I agree but I, I mean, I don't know if they're who knows what's going to happen, man but I don't That's think right. they're going to be successful at this I, I sure hope not the last thing that anybody should be pulling for is another civil war and I've heard right. some people get on this uh, radio station before, for instance, to say, well, let's just go ahead and get it started. Man, that's the last thing you want. I'm well, that's why you. we keep trying it's to warn true. people about it, Papa B. We really do, yeah. but some people don't listen. Hey, man, I appreciate you. I got to go. All right. Thanks Thank you. Bye. Bye. I the- just don't, I, I mean, nobody wants that, but if we keep going at this pace and the other side won't start to give and see. Let me ask you a question. There is a move afoot right now in Washington, D.C. Um, one, one of the Republican senators was, was saying something derogatory about Trump, that Trump was going to get in the way of their new immigration reform. Mm. So we're a year out, less than a year out from the next presidential election. Republican senators and their Democrat buddies want to do immigration reform. Want to do it really, really quickly. We've got all our numb nuts out there saying, we, we love immigration as long as it's legal. They'll just make everything legal. Right. Just wandering into the country mm-hmm. will be legal. Mm-hmm. And if they do amnesty, guess what? 
those people, those people given amnesty will vote in a presidential election next fall. And we lose that election because they gave amnesty. Then we've got to decide as states what what the heck are we doing? Mm -hmm. Because that is them putting, not putting their thumb on the scales. That's them jumping on the scales, completely weighing it down, and then spitting on us as they do it. And Republican U.S. senators seem to be on that team. I don't know if it actually comes down to, like, gunfights in a field. But I think this gets worse. And As we go forward. As we go forward. And... Well, what we've got to start doing is looking at it for our children and our grandchildren because their world will be completely different than ours if we don't take a stand here. If we just continue to let them pass, we will be dooming our children and grandchildren. If we do that, and look, let's be honest, a bunch of us have already done it. How many dads have just not said a word? Because they want to be politically correct with all these boys competing in their gir- with, against their girls in sports, boys in their daughters' locker rooms, boys in the bathrooms with their little girls and wives. They all is, you know, it's disgusting. But Scott, for Southern men, it's disgusting. I'm I'm behind on the y'all. Tell me this, y'all are mm-hmm. both so much better at history than me. Mm-hmm. I'm behind, even in American history. Mm-hmm. My limited understanding is that the Constitution was actually written as the country was forming to protect states' rights. It wasn't written to protect the federal government. That's right, it was to protect the right of the people. Of the people, of Mm -hmm. the states, of their sovereignty as states. If we're gonna come together as one, the federal government was never meant to be this Mm -hmm. behemoth. Mm -hmm. So the Constitution is on Texas' side, and I think that's where we are. We live in a post-Constitution America, and you have people that have fundamentally Mm -hmm. different objectives Mm -hmm. for this country, and I don't Mm -hmm. know how that reconciles. And if you keep asking questions and you say, when did this happen? When did we totally lose this idea of the ability to govern yourself as much as people hate it? It happened in the 1860s. And then they just Mm -hmm. kept hammering more and more of those nails in. Let's go to Craig. I know he doesn't have time, and I may have to carry him over, but I know if he gets started, he's stuck with us. Craig, welcome in. Well, I just, I want to speak from the part where I've actually walked in most of the schools here in the state of Alabama, and I've seen reality, and I've talked to the educators. Yes. And we know what the problem is. We're just not going to identify it. You want to tell us it's so, discipline or you want to hold on to the other side? It is discipline, but welfare itself has destroyed it because of the way you have to have a certain student graduate by the time he's 18 because the paycheck stops. So he gets advanced whether he's we ready gotta to go take a break. Not. Thanks, Craig. We'll be back. Hopefully Craig will stick with us. Welcome back into the program, everybody. This is Alabama Unfiltered Radio. I'm Scott Beeson, the Ladies of Liberty. You have names. We have names. Amy Best Shaver, Allison Sinclair are <laughs> with us. The better mm. parts of the show, they are here. See? Oh, that's so Aww. nice, Scott. Aww. Thank you. I mean it with all my heart. Now we'll uh-huh. wait till next week to be recognized again. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Everybody wants their name to be called out. <laughs> <laughs> Cracking myself up. Craig, welcome back to the program. Yeah, man, it just, it frustrates me when I hear people trying to talk about things that they've never went in and experienced for themselves. 
And for about 20-something years, I walked in and out of most of the schools in central South Alabama, and that's ranging between uh, private schools, Christian schools, public schools, because the companies I work with were heavily involved with them. And to see reality and then hear people try to explain it, something else, like I pulled up to one school and the principals and the coach were standing outside with baseball bats that were made into paddles because the fight had already broke out in the parking lot before school started. And then I go into the office, and I'm in there every week in this one location, and each week I go in, and then the office is full because at 8.30, students are still walking down the street to go to that school. That was several different schools I did that because school starts at 8. Mm-hmm. The students were still arriving at 8.30 and later. Mm-hmm. But then there were other schools that I went in, and everybody was there on time and was doing their work. And I didn't have paddles out or baseball bats out and then there was other schools where I went in and students were yelling at teachers in the hallway because they mispronounced their names because their name sounded like an alien's name because their parents made it knowing that it would cause complications later in life and they could you know shoot their anger at that person for mispronouncing a name that spelled with a dash in it but we won't talk about that. We also won't talk about some of the educators I talked to that, you know, when a child's in kindergarten and is going into the first grade, sometimes they'll sit down with you and say, hey, you know, let's look at this. And you may make the decision, you know, I need to hold my child back. They're not mature enough yet. The age right. fell right like a July or August. But there was one group of people that kept getting angry every time they were they mentioned that because that child needs to be graduated by 18 because the paycheck stops at 18. So they didn't need to be a senior in high school and over 18 years old because the employee, the employer was only paid up till the employee turned 18. And so I've walked in these neighborhoods, I've heard these conversations and I've seen how it's done and it's sickening. But we're not going to touch that because they vote Democrat. That's I got you, man. Group. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate you. Thank you. Kyle, we're not going to be able to get to everybody, but let's uh, see if we can get a quick... Um, quick. Yeah. What is wrong with me today? You want, you want me to do it? Yeah. Urbanite, welcome to the show. What you what you thinking hey, about this morning? I'm thinking about you guys putting all the blame on everybody but the person involved, the parent and the teacher. It's more the parents. We just said. I said it was the teacher's responsibility. I I said it was the parents. I said it was the student. If we're dealing dealing with a child under high school level and your parent is a quote-unquote high school graduate, there is nothing you shouldn't be able to teach that kid if you pick up a book yourself. Well, it's still not your job. I don't have any kids, but I'm really aiming this at the third grade, fourth grade level who's going to have to take that test, which I fear is going to embarrass the hell out of Alabama later, because I know that the people aren't working with their little darlings to make sure they can read, and there are books out there for as little as $12, I check, that would teach you how to teach your kid how to read and how to do plumbing. That's without the teacher being involved. You can do this. That's why I said get the letter factory, Urbanite, the letter factory. (laughs) 
if you are grown up and can read and write and travel the byways of this state, I think you third grader how to sorry. You're absolutely right, buddy. I'll agree with you on that. We got to take a break. Y'all be safe. Um, look, there is something I'm very, very, very worried about. The fight is on. The World Economic Forum has, they've done kicked over the fire ant bed with this one. <laughs> Civil war might be starting. I might quit. Yeah. This show. I can't even imagine. So y'all be with us tomorrow and we'll tell you about it. Be careful out there. Even you, Sky. See y'all. I'll be careful too. Bye. Just get here when you can, Scott B.